0: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. The secret is out. This country isn't powered by the likes of Jaguar Land Rover, the National Health Service, or indeed the myriad of retail giants in the nation's high streets. The real economic powerhouse in the UK is physically in the house, your house. And if you're doing the cooking, the cleaning and the washing up, you should be getting a tax break. New figures from the Office of National Statistics have put a value on housework and it's worth over £1 trillion to the economy. A staggering amount of money. I think it's time uh, we got some payback. 0344-499-1000. Coming up later on this morning, Prime Minister Theresa May will be tweaking, taking to the stage, hoping that it doesn't fall apart behind her as she maps out her latest plan for staying in Downing Street while everyone around her wants her to leave. Katie Perrier will explain. 0344-499-1000. Dawn Neeson is here and I'll be giving her the latest definition of being middle class and why she qualifies. Plus, why Donald Trump is saying it's a scary time to be a young man in America. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Dawn Leeson on Talk Radio.
1: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
0: Now, if there was ever a man you needed to seek advice from, Dawn, and a very yes, good morning, good good morning. on economic affairs, it yep. would, of course, be the one and only James Max, of Talk course. Radio's very own uh, early breakfast presenter, yes. uh, a man that appears on television in many different guises. James, a very good morning to you. Welcome.
2: Very good morning to you Hi, James. Thank you
0: very much for joining us. I'm really impressed by these figures. I'm not normally a fan of statistics. I normally prefer to pick them apart rather than rely upon them. But to find out that actually uh, we are all worth something like £12,000 to the Exchequer by virtue of the fact that we do our own cleaning, our own washing up, looking after children, looking after our elderly, I think there's a tax break in here somewhere. Can, am I making any sense?
2: You are making sense to the extent that we have not valued such things. The question is, whether by giving a tax break we would actually add to the economy or, in fact, we make it smaller, Mm. because we already get tax breaks. So this year, in this coming tax year, £11,850, that's what you will earn before you have to pay any income tax. And because of these tax breaks and giveaways that we already have and the fact that many people who perhaps have Uh, those who might stay at home in order to do the cooking, the cleaning, the washing, looking after children, might be outside certain kinds of tax limits, meaning that you'd be giving a tax break to people who arguably don't need it. The question is whether you really incentivise people to go out and work, because there's a difference. If you stay at home and you look after children or do things, then, of course, you have value to yourself. There's an opportunity cost, i.e. if you wanted to get somebody else to do that, you'd have to pay them. But then there is a loss to the exchequer by the fact that you are not doing any work that actually makes anything. And because you don't make anything and don't create an income from it and don't create national insurance and uh, contribute to sales or uh, any kind of sort of business, if you like, then that makes it a very difficult thing for the tax authorities just to say or for the Chancellor to say oh let's have another tax break because he hasn't got enough tax coming in let alone uh, you know getting enough or, or, or recognizing things that uh, perhaps he doesn't need to
0: well I certainly am not in favor I suspect you're not either uh, of putting taxes up but what I just I, what I just seem I, I, i'm looking at this situation it seems to me to be an opportunity for some kind of recognition uh, and therefore as you say i mean if if you have um, a stay at home mum or a stay-at-home dad who's looking after the stuff at home. um, I mean, would it be not worthwhile making that payment sort of payable, either from the spouse or from the government? Surely they deserve something, don't they?
2: Well, arguably, one way to do it, and, and something that they've really struggled with is starting to have a look at household income rather than necessarily uh, individuals. Yeah. Because say for example as an individual uh, you might get and in the past you used to get married couple allowance which is what all the sort of fuss was about in, in respect of various different civil partnerships and certain other things. But then also you have individual allowances so say for example two couples earning £50,000 each or sixty or £70,000 each they still get their personal allowances. Right. But you as an individual earn more than £100,000 Your personal allowance is gone. Mm. So this is really the problem that we have, is when you have multiple income earners or single income earners but within a family unit, how on earth do you make sure that there is enough incentive? And arguably what we should have is greater personal finance allowances, more than £11,850, in order to take more people out of the income tax system. On the basis that all you do is you take money in and then you give it back to them in other benefits. So why don't we have a proper calculation as to what's the minimum amount that you or I in a civilized society need to live on before you have to start paying tax um, on, on a sort of incremental basis? That would be more sensible because then you could fire a whole load of people in the tax authority by making it much simpler. Uh, And reduce the cost of running the system because you have to to remember a lot of money is spent by HMRC on just gathering the money from us. The less people that you have to gather from, the less it costs, the less people are required and the more that we can spend money that we do raise, raise on services that we actually want.
3: Right, James, James, hi. Very sensible. Yeah, that. It's very sensible. My head's hurting already. Is it? Tax early in the morning. Yeah. I, I try to avoid this at what any time. early in
2: the morning? I've been up for hours. It's been, so so to be honest he with, he you started started with you, so started five, I, five but that, hours ago. That's another, <laughs> so did
3: I, but that's another story at the moment. So basically, with the, the, the individual tax allowance, right? Okay, as I'm doing all the housework at home as well. So could I increase my own personal allowance by adding this extra £12,000 onto it then? Would that be a way around it?
2: Well, you see, I I guess the point is that the government would probably like you to employ somebody to do it because if you do that, then that other person is earning money and then if they earn over a certain amount will have to pay tax and therefore you're creating money in the economy. By doing something yourself, even though there is a value to it, you're actually shrinking the economy because you're not asking somebody else to do it for you.
3: Yeah, and that's so that is... was my whole confusion with this, James. It's like this big report that i spent loads of money on, and basically what it's telling me, it's like I'm not really helping the economy out. I mean, you know, I'm doing about £12,000 worth of extra work at home, but what... So what? It's not really helping Well, the problem, his, is, I mean, it? I know
0: that people will argue that I am only speaking about a very small number of people. But say, for example, you're in a household with a reasonable amount of income. I think you should, it would be it would be sensible. Say, for example, if there's a stay-at-home mum for the guy for the for the husband in the, in the family to pay the stay-at-home mum the twelve grand. You know, she can pay maybe tax on uh, one thousand of that because that's what it goes above the right. eleven thousand threshold. Yeah. And then there's some recognition. What I'm after here, James, is a sort of recognition of the work that's actually being done and some kind of remuneration for it. Because after all, you know, you talk about not uh, uh, disincentivising people to go back to work. But in the end, we've got this ridiculous uh, system of uh, tax credits here and, you know, subsidising income over there. You know, this is just another part of that, isn't it?
2: Well... Where well, I absolutely agree with you is that we now have a tax system that is way too complicated, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> way too complicated, because what successive chancellors have done is they've tinkered, and they've tinkered so that they can slice and dice and make it look like you're not paying as much tax as you actually are, because mm. by the time you add up all the things that you pay tax on, so, for example, the flight tax, the insurance tax, the sin tax, the alcohol tax, the eating out tax, the 5% VATs, the 20% VATs the income tax, the capital gains tax, etc., etc. et cetera. So overall, your tax take has gone up quite significantly mm. over the last few mm. years. What would be better off, rather than necessarily doing another fiddle, would actually be to simplify and to give people bigger amounts of money that they can earn before they have to pay tax, and then, you'd have to, and then you don't have to do all this redistribution or giving money back to people. I mean, for example, giving people money uh, who, who don't need it so, say, for example, in terms of pensions going to people who are very wealthy or giving them free travel cards, all this stuff, all that money has to come in at some point. Somebody's had to get that money in. They've had to have a system and computers and God knows what else to redistribute it and right. then to give it out again. Mm. It's a nonsense. So what I would tackle is rather than just saying, oh, let's have another tax allowance, is say let's make the current tax allowances bigger on the basis that whether you uh, have a stay-at-home person who does this or you do it yourself. Somebody's going to do this work. We all need to have a bit more money in our pockets. So, therefore, simplify the system then we'd all be better off, fire a whole load of people at HMRC, make it simpler, make it less expensive to run, and let's get more money in the system so we can spend it on the things we need to spend it on.
0: I think you're absolutely right, James. Thank you very much indeed. James Max has really hit the nail on the head, I think. Uh, James will be back, of course, tomorrow morning uh, with the early breakfast from five o'clock. The point is here, Dawn, I think, that what we have got uh, is all sorts of taxes, as as James quite rightly points out, you know, direct taxes, indirect taxes. You knew that list off by heart. That whole list of VAT and, you know, charges in restaurants. Johnson. Very impressive. Yeah, car tax, you know, uh, special winter allowance tax, all sorts of taxes <laughs> going on, right? The bottom line is, is that I think this should be included. Because if we're going to be as carried away as we are with things like tax credits, which I think should be totally done away with yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. that people get, you know, subsidised by the government because they can't make enough money well, by because themselves. Because companies don't want to uh-uh. pay them enough. Because companies don't want to pay them enough. So we're effectively subsidising companies yeah. as well. That's all wrong. What I say we do is we take this 12000 and we say somebody in every household in Britain makes that amount of work. Yeah and does that amount of work and makes that amount of money for the economy... Therefore, uh, we have to recognise it in some way. And I'm quite happy to take ideas from other people as to how we do that. I just think we need to recognise yeah, no, it.
3: no, I think we should. And I think if you can prove that you are doing this, and mm. you your personal tax allowance should be increased. Yeah. So, you know, mine would be what? Sort of like up to about 20 grand a year now. Well, then. I mean, uh, you,
0: you get uh, probably special uh, dispensation for looking after the elderly. Uh, I don't want to cut the aspersions husband, yeah, on your absolutely, husband, but you know, no, he's absolutely. getting up there. Uh, uh-huh. But of course, I've got this from Rob uh, who says How do you prove you're doing the housework to get the tax break? Uh, do you give in receipts of purchase silic bang. bang. Uh, also, uh, if tax break is paying a cleaner, uh, then is that not free money? Well, I mean, these are all issues that we need to discuss. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that we need to get to the mm-hmm. bottom of and get to the heart of. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I mean, you know, in effect, in a system under 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 this system, you would get more money, for example, if you were looking after children yes. than if you didn't have any. Now, yeah. that might be controversial for some people. I don't think it needs to be.
3: Well, no, absolutely. But I tell you what it isn't going to work, Mike. If I go home and say, all right, darling, I've done all the housework today. That's another 12 grand you owe me. Yeah. If that's not going to happen, I is think, it? No,
0: no. But I mean, my suggestion to James was if you've got a household where, for example, you've got one person, as, as he described it, making you know top rated tax, right? Mm-hmm. He could be able to offload some of that tax. And I know this might make some people's heads hurt at this time of the morning. Yep, but he fine. should be able to offload 12 grand a year to the person who's working from home, right? That person then gets more of an allowance. He pays less tax. Everybody's happy.
3: Yeah. That 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 does make sense yeah, now. It does. Now you've explained it really really slowly yes. to me. Yeah, I'm and just I about to it. And I appreciate that not
0: everybody's going to make enough money to pay their other no. half. Yeah. But they might be able to pay some of it to the other half mm-hmm. thereby reducing the amount. You know, because don't forget the other half is allowed to make 11,000 without paying any tax at yeah. all. Okay? So the person who's not working can make 11,000 mm-hmm. and you could give them 11,000 of your money in order to avoid paying any more tax. Because I'm not against paying tax, but I'm against paying tax which gets wasted. Exactly. And as James said, we've got a very complicated tax system. Half the tax that we collect is spent on collecting it. Yeah. So that's a waste of time. I
3: think you cracked it, Mike. I think, I think you've absolutely cracked it. I mean, it. there are
0: times when I even frighten myself with the genius that I come <laughs> that out with don't look the on this show. Uh, well, don't talk about that because I got a whole <laughs> lot of grief last night because my kids made a new emoji of me. I right, know, it's so something. wicked. And so many of them said horrible things. Luckily, uh, I've got a very thick skin. But yeah, my, but my kids. children are in did. tears ah. this morning. No, I'm joking. We're not in tears <laughs> at all. But listen, I want to hear from you on this one because it's a complicated story, but it's not that complicated. What it says here uh, is that basically the value of cleaning the home and mowing the lawn is put at £3,037 per person, feeding the family, £2,400, doing the laundry, £1,355, caring for children, £5,358, mm-hmm. and it comes to a grand total of 12150 for each individual. I think if you were able to give that money... So your other half who doesn't work then you could reduce the amount of money you pay in tax. And I think the government could reduce the amount of money they need to collect in tax as well.
3: That made almost sense. Some of the, It does say some of these estimates are slightly crude, though, because, I mean, how do you work all this stuff out, really? I mean, I read these stories, and yeah. all the numbers in them, I think, yeah, right, I'm taking it with a pinch of salt. Well, I thought. think
0: you could work it out on the basis that if you had somebody else doing it, how much, how would, much it would you How much would you pay? Yeah, so, yeah I mean, no, that's true. In order for somebody to do your laundry for you, in order for somebody to feed your family, caring for the elderly. I mean, caring for the elderly is a big thing now in this country. You know, people, the sandwich generation, <laughs> i charge a fortune about, for that. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. If you had to put your elderly parents into a home, if, either whether you have one of them or two of them, uh, versus looking after them in your own home, I mean, that's a massive couldn't amount of money. Couldn't afford
3: it. Absolutely couldn't afford it.
1: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
2: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze
0: The
1: Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
0: The papers this morning don't really seem to be of one mind, do they? We've got the Daily Mail going banging on about Boris Johnson being a traitor to the country, yeah. effectively saying it's war with Theresa May. The Times goes the other way by saying uh, they've had a sneak peek at what Theresa May's going to say this afternoon, uh, and she's going to insist that Britain's best days lie ahead. Is that really the best message we can put out there?
3: Well, uh, no-one knows that, though, do they? I mean, it, it is very confusing. All the papers are saying different things, and I just don't think... And she's going to make some big announcement, isn't so she? So we're told. Some shocking announcement.
0: Well, some kind of policy, um, policy um, reveal. But, I
3: mean, that's not sexy so far, is it? Not so far, I'm I afraid. mean, it's like, you know, petrol, yada, yada, yada. They come up with the same things all the time. Yes. And, you know. And it's, it's not like, particularly it's not,
0: exciting. Well, Casey Perry is fun. up there. Uh, she is, of course, uh, Talk Radio's very own... Uh, uh, special advisor and she's going to be telling us precisely what's been going on. Katie, very good morning to you.
4: Good morning. Hi, good morning. Alive. No, been... I've, got my,
0: I've got my voice. It's all good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah, but you don't have to speak for as long as Theresa May does. Have they have they absolutely double checked and double checked again uh, the sound stage? Have they made sure that the word opportunity is painted on rather than <laughs> stuck on?
4: I don't have to speak for as long as Theresa May, but she wasn't at the karaoke last night, was she? So <laughs> I think I'm winning on that front. Um, the, uh, the sign behind her, the word opportunity, which I think is not that great in terms is it? of no. phrases and slogans, that's actually projected on so that it doesn't fall off. Yeah. Well, that's a much more um,
0: sensible. I mean, you could have so, told them that um, last year, couldn't you? Why don't you just project it?
4: I could have done, but you know, this year she has had fewer speaking engagements, so she's tried to protect that voice, making sure she's not shaking as many hands, so she's not getting many germs, yeah. because when you're flying around the world as much as Theresa May does, you get on a plane, you catch germs, you come and can't speak at a conference, so she's been wise and taken some precautions this week, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, we, we are hoping for some decent policies and something a little bit meatier than we've seen so far. Yeah. We've seen, you know, I expect at the beginning of the week, You know, we were offered a bridge by Boris Johnson, a festival by Theresa May, mm. a freeze on fuel duty, which pretty much, you know, doesn't really float people's boats because that's what they've expected for so many years. Yeah. Uh, there's no change from the norm there. So I'm expecting something possibly on house building or for something for renters because we're increasing and increasing the amounts of people who are renting in Britain with no hope to buy their own home for the first time. So maybe the Conservatives will get a grip of that today and offer something you know, a bit different. But as long as she stands up and she says why she needs the backing, why she needs the space to do a negotiation, the fact that she shouldn't all be about Brexit and she should be about delivering on some of those you know, burning injustices that she talked about, Back in 2016, in July 2016, on the steps of Number 10 Downing Street, she needs to remember why she's a Conservative and what she's been put there to do. And believe it or not, it wasn't just Brexit. And she should focus on a bit more of that today.
0: And what's been the effect of Boris Johnson? Last time we spoke, uh, before Boris Johnson's speech yesterday, uh, you were saying you were going to try and sneak in and, and get a peek of it at the back. I don't know if you managed to do that. But, I mean, obviously, a lot of the papers today categorising him as a bit of a traitor, a bit of a self-serving uh, individual who's only thinking about himself and not the... Greater good of the country. What's been the kind of conference reaction to what happened yesterday with those people queuing up for hours to see him?
4: Look, Boris Johnson will always pull a crowd. There's one thousand six hundred people in the room yesterday. I crept in at the last minute, you know, went through one of the side entrances and just was amazed at the amount of people. They were on their feet, they were clapping and cheering. But that is the Tory Party faithful. That's not the general public at large. Yeah. There's sixty million mm. people out there, and they are not all gonna stand and cheer and do a massive ovation for Boris Johnson. He knows that. He knows he's got to do a lot of work to try and win people over over the next few weeks and months. The thing is about politics is it's all about timing. And maybe Boris Johnson's timing wasn't all that because, you know, what he said in the speech, I think a lot of us could agree with. But you don't come to someone else's conference and kind of, you know, rain on their parade. You give them the space, you back your prime minister. And if you want to go and do that, you choose an opportune moment over the next two to three weeks while she's in the middle of the Brexit negotiations, and you strike. And what I think he did is he booked a speech. He was going to go and come and deliver something very different, which was, here I am, look at me. And then kind of when it came around to it, thought, that's not the mood. I've judged the mood wrong. My tone has to change. Yeah. And so I turned up in the room yesterday thinking, actually, I'm not quite sure what I'm here for. Um, uh, you know, I've read this stuff in the Telegraph. He says the same thing every week. I've read mm. it. I'm hoping something new is going to come out of him, and it didn't really yesterday, and I think that's because he just des- decided, I'm going to step back a bit, let her have a moment, not you know, not cause World War Three. but I would say that in the next few weeks, he at some point, he will know that his
3: time's running out and he's going to strike, and you know that's when the gloves are going to come off. And how do you think Mrs May would have felt listening to his speech yesterday? What would have been going through her mind?
4: Well, I think that the strategy they've taken at Number 10 Downing Street has been a smart one, actually, which is... If we look panicked, if we look, you know, really stressed over this, if we don't let him speak, if we ban people that are coming along to support him, we're going to look like we can't cope with it. And Theresa May needs to take that on that kind of position, which is... I'm the Prime Minister, I'm the leader of this party, the boys will be boys, let them play, let them do their stuff, that's lovely, but I'm a serious person in town. Yeah. And that's what she's trying to do, she's trying to say, look, have your moment, that's great, but I'm the one doing the negotiations, I'm the Prime Minister, no one else has come forward with a better plan or a better offer or a better candidate, until that point, until you challenge me, I'm here and I deserve your respect. And I've written a piece in the Times today saying exactly that. It's time for us to say, we might not like her. We might not really love her Brexit strategy, but she does deserve our respect for getting up there and going for it, because it was always going to end up this way. The Conservative Party was always going to end up this way after the referendum. And she's done well to keep them together in in many respects.
3: I don't think she actually wanted the job in the first place. Do you, Katie? I don't know. I think all politicians really
4: want to be Prime Minister at some point. I think think she looked
3: round her and saw all the men around her and thought actually I'm going to go for it because I didn't trust any of you lot. Well I mean we've all been think, in
0: situations I mean well, I speak for myself only I suppose but I mean we've all been in situations where you think well I don't necessarily want that job but if that bloke's going for it exactly. I'm going to go I'm going for to get it as it well. Instead of you. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, do it myself yeah. than work for that idiot. Yeah exactly You know what I mean? that's,
3: uh, that's you know what?
4: I, th- I think that's what keeps her in the job right now not just her <laughs> applying at the time but that's what keeps her in the job now because oh. if she felt there was someone that wanted the job that she could you could do a handover, a proper handover to she would do that because I don't think she's loving it. I don't think she's no. someone that's in enjoying it, she's doing it out of public service. And so she felt that there was someone to hand over to. I think she would. But she looks around and thinks there is no way of my party that I love in your hands. She loves the Conservative Party more than anything. She loves, you know, she's a unionist at heart. She loves the nation. She wants to to do the right thing. It's a public duty and a service. And she ain't handing it over to Boris Johnson without a fight, believe you and me.
0: Well, I was going to say, I mean, it looks to me as though she's managed to kind of uh, hold Boris Johnson's attack at bay. She's managed to kind of win out over Boris Johnson's leadership challenge. However, I'm looking at uh, some breaking news from about uh, 10 minutes ago, in which it says that James Dudridge, uh, who's the MP for Rochford and South End East, uh, has submitted a letter to Graham Brady, chair of the 1922 committee, expressing no confidence in Theresa May. Is that going to go anywhere?
4: Well, I've got no confidence in James Dudridge or whatever his name is. I mean, you never heard of him until about five minutes ago. No, exactly. Do you know what? That is the loneliest thing you can do when your Prime Minister is about to speak in an hour's time, to submit a letter. Big wow. I mean, you know, these people, they're they're the kind of people, quite frankly, who I don't want in the Conservative Party. Not because I think Theresa May's great, and not because I think she's been the best Prime Minister, because you know that I've been on this show enough times telling you what I think is wrong with her strategies or what what she's lacking as a Prime Minister, but that's just a pretty low thing to do when you're an hour away from speaking yeah. so you know what he can write as many letters as he wants but he's going nowhere fast
0: no i think you're absolutely mm-hmm. right so as far as the uh, the conference goes i mean we saw last week you're up there as well at liverpool for the labour party conference you know they they emerged from all of that uh, notwithstanding the the, the sort of slightly strange message on brexit you know reasonably intact and i think you told us the other day uh, that they got a bit of momentum coming out of that i will well, theresa may come out of this one with a bit of momentum do you think
4: she will, but it will be short-lived. Um, this conference was about survival. It was about, let's just get through it. I was speaking loads to, to loads of people from number 10 last night at the karaoke, and they were telling me they think they've got through it. And they know that they've got to get through today, but they think so far... They've just managed to survive. They've managed to get through the week. And I said, look, don't be greedy. Just take that and and, and take that as a win and and go forward. I think that she'll have a bit of a bounce from today's speech. She'll laugh at herself. She'll laugh at the, you know, the mistakes last year, whether it's losing the voice, whether it's a step falling apart behind her. She'll have some good jokes to to, to tell people that, you know, I'm not the robot you think I am. I can be quite funny. I can, you know, I, I do have a sense of humor. I can laugh for myself. She'll get through it. She'll have a bounce. And I can tell you something for nothing. This weekend's papers, the Sunday papers, when you're the director of comms at number 10, you kind of plan your week through Sunday papers. Get through next Sunday. Get through the following Sunday because they're the ones with a bit, you know, that can really brutal coverage. I think it's coming for Theresa May. I think she's got two to three weeks coming up which are going to be ghastly for her. So I hope that she does enjoy the moment because I don't think the bounce is going to last for long. Do you think she'd be nervous? She doesn't really get nervous. I've never really seen her where she's really kind of, she needs a pep talk in terms of being nervous, what she sometimes needs is uh, reminding. You know, what she, you know, just just the fact that why people are out there why they support her and i used to do this kind of you know like boxers in a boxing ring mm. i used to do this kind of pep talk saying you know you're going to go out there and you're going to tell them you're going to remind them why you're conservative you can remind them that you're the prime minister you lead this country and everybody else can you know go take a running jump because it's your day today and i hope there's someone in there doing a bit of that today for yeah. her, because everybody needs that in life yeah. right you know it doesn't matter how good you are everybody needs a bit you of never
0: life. give me any kind of pep talk like that when you're with me why is that
4: Mike Graham, I spend most of my time trying to make you shut up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't, need, you don't need a pep talk for anyone. So Very you know. harsh.
0: Now, listen, uh, we've been t- looking ahead to the conference season, really, for the last two months, right? And in the political world, everybody likes, as you say, get through the next week, get through the next weekend. Everybody likes to see the next kind of yardstick. What is the next big yardstick for Theresa May? Because once she's come out of this, not conference season anymore, back to the House of Commons, presumably back to Brexit and some kind of deadline.
4: Yep. We've got lots of deadlines coming up. So, you know, we're Mm. at crunch stage, really, because we can't go negotiating all the way till March because the other 27 EU countries have got to ratify the agreement. So we are running out of time. The clock is ticking. So, you know, end of end of October. The reason why we've got an early budget, 29th of October, is because they want to get that out of the way before the real crunch negotiations start. Uh, you know, end of October, beginning of November. Then we've got to take that to Parliament because for that meaningful vote, which no one really knows what that means, but mm. at some point they get an opportunity to vote on that. Uh, you know, she's got another, she, between now and Christmas, it's going to be probably the most difficult time of her career, and I don't envy her one bit. On that, So I think that she should just enjoy today, enjoy the next couple of days, because it's not going to be much fun from from here
3: onwards, I'm afraid. No, I'm actually starting to feel a bit sorry for her. I think that's one of her strongest kind of uh, latest
0: boosts, though, is that people starting to feel a bit sorry for her. Like they felt a bit sorry for her when she did. Well, I did anyway, when she did the Andrew Marr show last Sunday, uh, when he was clearly going for her over the whole Windrush thing. You know, he clearly, um, you know, choreographed a series of questions, each one worse than the last. And she looked really, really angry at that at the end. And actually, the steely look that she gave him—I think she needs to show more of that. Yeah,
3: I think the anger is good. Actually, I like that. She's really good when she's
4: angry. When Mm. her backs against the wall, when someone's really offended her, Mm. she goes and she goes—you know—properly goes for it. So I hope she finds a bit of that today. In my column in the Times today, I've talked about the fact that, you know, in the past she's come out to Rolling Stones, Rihanna songs. This week, she should come out to Aretha Franklin's Respect and say, I'm about to give you loads of my money. It's about time you give me some respect. And that's that's a message not just to the audience there saying, it's time to respect me as your prime minister and your leader, but um, to our EU partners who we're negotiating with as well, because they'll be watching today's reaction very closely. Yeah, because that they did to know Absolutely. You want to know, is Theresa May toast? And we should be looking at who else we're going to be negotiating with in negotiating with the next few days and weeks ahead. Or has she got some life left in her? And I think the audience should tell our EU partners, by the way they receive her today, the way that they respond to her speech, that there's life in her yet. And don't cross Theresa May. Cross Theresa May at your peril. That's the message it should be from the What about the Tory party uh, I Fable Will Survive
0: today. by Gloria Gaynor? Why don't you do that one at the end?
4: That was, that was me on the karaoke last night. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Lines. <laughs> That's a long
0: song to do on a karaoke, that one
4: listen if you want to if you need someone to clear a room in two minutes flat i'm, I'm your girl <laughs> tremendous you stuff de- you definitely don't need me to do any of that there's no way i'm coming on ta- talk radio anytime soon and giving you a few tunes no okay way. well that,
0: the, the listeners will be very grateful for that casey thank you very much she <laughs> casey good perrier uh, up there uh former advisor to theresa may of course has a lot of insights into what theresa may is like and i think you make a good point dawn that she is a woman who actually um is a very sort of substantial character yeah. is uh because you know you know as well as anybody, to work in that that kind of very male-dominated arena, you cannot be a shrinking violet. You cannot be somebody with a thin skin. You can't be somebody who takes offence easily. You have to bulldoze your way through, basically. Uh, Slap people around and do all of that. And I think she shows more of that side. She'll get more respect.
3: No, I think she does. And I think the way she was treated by the EU leaders the other day, and she she got angry over that. And that was good. That's what you need to see. And she is a, you know, I I, I don't support either side to be honest with you at the moment, because I think they're all idiots however she does seem to have a strength that somebody like jeremy corbyn mm. doesn't i mean he gets very thin-skinned about oh, yeah. absolutely everything well I they mean, like
0: to ban people ban from people. places they've banned it turns out uh, as you've written in your column they've also banned paddy power from paddy following power. the jeremy corbyn uh, twitter account
3: because they made a joke about playing on the left wing or yes. being on the left wing and doing a good job yeah and Jeremy Corbyn got upset about that. Well, he that. doesn't
0: have a sense of humour.
3: Well, Lefties famously
0: don't have a sense of humour. And also, uh, it has to be said, and I should point this out, because there was an awful lot of people mo- moaning and groaning uh, about this on Twitter. Uh, when Jeremy Corbyn was pictured at that uh, Tunisian service, oh, yes. right? Uh-huh. Uh, and he claimed that all the papers had made up the fact that he was there with Black September, uh, that he was there, in fact, for a completely different mm-hmm. reason. And his reference to those who were killed by Mossad in Paris had nothing mm-hmm. to do with Munich uh, and the terrible atrocities committed there by Black September. Of that ghastly terrorist group, uh, he made a complaint to every newspaper that published that story. Guess what? That complaint has now it. been withdrawn. I know, Therefore, I know. you can only confuse uh, Jeremy Corbyn's uh, story and version of the truth uh, with what can only be described as the untruth yes. because otherwise he would have absolutely loved to have put all those newspapers yeah. to the sword. Yeah. Don't buy the idea that, oh, they just let the complaint run out. No, they didn't. No. They want to muzzle the press in this country. They want to stop the press from reporting well, things they've made that, very that clear. they don't They've like. actually said that, haven't I've they? Of course they have they, they have want they said want that. to they want to rein the BBC in they want to make sure nobody criticizes them the idea that they have now withdrawn the complaint tells you everything you need yeah. to know uh, about Jeremy Corbyn uh, and the way that he operates mm. Who are people gonna Take what's there. Theresa May is going to be standing up very shortly up in Birmingham making her speech. We will bring you uh, the start of that speech. We'll see how it starts. I suspect it will get better as it goes along because uh, she's not one of the great orators in life, you'd have she's to say, not, Dawn. Would no, you? No. Uh, now, just to help you out, oh, uh, I've got the mother of my children t- uh, texting me saying uh, that I am a bit posh. She says, "Tell Dawn where your mother shopped." I don't see I know, what that's going to Harrods. do with it. Harrods. It was Arrows, wasn't it, it, yeah. Yeah. She had a Harrods card. Yeah. But she didn't have any money. She just used to put it on the card. Right, okay. So that makes her middle class. It doesn't make you posh. But no,
3: it Big doesn't difference. make you posh. No, it doesn't. My mum didn't know where Harrods was. Really? No.
0: Well, well that's because she was looking east she rather was, than west.
3: She was busy cleaning people's houses,
0: oh, right, to be okay. honest with you. All right. You see, yeah. you're obsessed with this working class thing. I don't know why you are. I think we should go to the phones. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand to talk Uh-oh. to Cray. Because uh, he is going to tell us what his definition of working class oh, is. Oh, my Cray. Lord. Very good, um, morning good morning to you. Hiya. Yeah, what do you want to tell
1: us? So I, I think you can tell whether or not someone's lower class or, or going towards middle class by certain actions and possessions.
0: I like the way um, you're saying lower class rather
1: than working class. Well, sorry, <laughs> well, sorry <laughs> working class. It's a
3: bit of a blurred uh, definition these class,
1: days. Say. Yeah, go on. Um, so, so as you make the transition from working class to middle class, you'll start going to the loo with the door shut. And well, uh, you'll start to go we'll, the loo inside the house. Yeah. And you'll start to get things, certain possessions like letter openers, a potato ricer, maybe a barber jacket, <laughs> certain things like this.
3: I have and no idea about any of things like. the things you've just mentioned.
1: Uh, you've you never come across letter openers.
3: Are they the things you'd sort of like have in offices when you want to stand up. Like someone, a letter knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ah. barber jacket, hunter wellies, things like stop going to car boot
0: sales.
3: I love car boot sales.
0: It, you might have one for, in each camp.
3: Yeah, I think... So, what, are you
0: saying a car boot sales middle class, Craig?
3: Oh, no, no, I, I would... Well... I, I, think I think Craig's on my side.
1: I, I think... I think car boot sales are probably a, a pleasant morning stroll for the middle classes to to uh,
0: to
3: to gaze and laugh at, at the, the middle working middle class who so are selling my, everything. My point, yeah. Craig,
0: is, and I think it's unavoidably uh, correct, right, you cannot deny that, but we are becoming, as this report today says, more and more middle class. The rest of the world is becoming more middle class because the wealthier uh, that countries become, the more middle class they become. And the idea that we have a working class left in this country, to me, is rubbish. We have an underclass, right, which are the people who don't do any work at all, so you can't really call them working class. Or
3: politicians, as we call them. You know,
0: them. all the, you know, the benefit scroungers <laughs> and all that, right, but we have the rest of us yeah. are, are kind of very largely middle class and, and i mean it, it's, a, it's a big spectrum because it does go from people uh who do you know what you might regard as white collar jobs but not particularly well paid white collar uh-huh. jobs all the way up to people um who make an awful lot of money but who are not posh very, very much so i, I yeah,
1: think
0: yeah. You, you're just hitting the nail on the head thank you and what do you regard yourself as craig
1: uh i we're, we're probably slightly more work, uh, middle class than the working class, although we do both have to work. So I yeah, think but that's, that's rubbish. You you're not working
0: people. class because you have to work. That's a ridiculously narrow interpretation. No, no I mean, I mean, <laughs>
1: both of us have to work, whereas a lot of middle class or upper middle class uh, families, maybe only one person may have to actually work.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't... I mean, there's, there's lots of families where one person works. That doesn't make them middle class or working class. That depends on what they do and how they live. I, I suppose so. I mean, according to this figure here that I've got uh, from the World Data Lab, okay, uh, on, in the world uh, there are 0.63 billion people poor, right? And they, they and they project that there will be fewer of them uh, in 2030. Uh, financially vulnerable, 3.1 billion; middle class, 3.6 billion and they reckon by 2030 there will be 5.3 billion people in the world, middle class, yeah, which but, is a lovely large you're number. you comparing
3: middle class people living in India to middle class people living in London. There is a huge difference.
0: There is a huge difference, but, uh, but, you know, there are plenty of people... What I'm saying is is that eventually everybody becomes middle class because it's an evolution uh, of, of society. Or does poor get redefined? Well, I mean, people ah, redefine that all ah, the time. Like that. I mean, for example, like we talk about the poor in this country, right? Do you know that in 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 statistical terms, the people who are regarded as poor in this country are people that make less than twenty one thousand pounds a year. Now, that is not poor.
1: certainly uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a different demographic it's a different demographic I think I mean, if I made twenty one thousand pounds a year i I would be better off just packing up and staying home.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: well, you'd be better well, off just being enough. on the dole. Well, you
3: would. Don't? Well, yeah, yeah, you would. To be yeah, I
1: mean, certainly, I, 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 mean, we, I, we both work. We've got two children, a mortgage, all that with childcare costs for twenty-one thousand pounds. You just give in. You just couldn't. You yeah, couldn't you do couldn't it. Yeah, so you I would, could I would you? consider that as poor. No, no, it's rubbish. I mean, honest. are
0: you having a laugh? I mean, that doesn't mean being poor means you can't afford to eat. Being poor means you can't afford to do anything at all. You know, there are nobody. So, there is nobody in this country who can't afford to eat. So there's nobody poor in this country. Between mortgage and childcare payments, I we'll pay two and a half oh, thousand pounds a month. They give me the middle class well, whiny see, voice. So oh, I can't pay my mortgage. Well, That's not is, poor. This
3: is back to the original conversation we were having about tax. Yeah. So one of you stays at home, gets paid for doing all the looking after the kids. You now the class the house. police
0: are turning up now. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if uh, if you've got a mortgage, you're middle class.
3: Oh, I knew you were going to say right? that. I would have put my mortgage on you saying that. Oh, you've got ah, a mortgage. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you think, Craig?
1: Uh, no, no, I just, I may, well, if Theresa May gets away, sorry, anyway, we're, we're going to go away from mortgages and home ownership, aren't we? We're all just going to rent and make fat cats fatter,
0: so... Yeah, then we'll you know. all be poor.
3: Well, we don't know what she's going to say. yet. Yeah. Yeah, she might say something really, really exciting and sexy.
0: <clears throat> I doubt it. Mm,
3: me too, but I you never really
1: know. <laughs> yeah, she she's, she's, has a complete, complete charisma void, I'm afraid, so...
0: She does.
3: Oh, she's a politician. So you know That's her job, to have a charisma void.
0: Listen, Craig, thanks very much indeed. I think Craig's almost as confused as you are, but Cheers, he agrees with me uh, basically on the tenets of working class and, and middle no, I class. I think
3: he actually agreed with me. No, I don't think I, so. think, no, I think it is. I no, think I don't think so. think
4: so. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
0: If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app.